From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast is brought to you by M-Drive. Honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inn and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. The 2019-2020 WCHL champions look to make it three in a row. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. For lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. And Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome back in, hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans, as it may be. We are back after a one-week hiatus as uh, we covered uh, NCAA regional action last week. Scott Strandy with you in beautiful Centennial, Colorado tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, where I understand it's gorgeous out there, Stephen. Yeah, it's uh, it's very gorgeous, Uh we get a lot of gorgeous days here. <laughs> so it's nothing, although, although it's nothing week, new is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, nothing new, but although earlier this week, Monday, Tuesday, it was not as gorgeous, but uh, it's gorgeous now. Um, uh, I love it. I love it. Well, tonight I thought, what are we going to do? Um, because we're, everybody's finally settling down a little bit after uh, a huge national tournament. I think you finally got your uh, feet bat on, back under you after a very busy week. Oh yeah, I'm uh, digging into AHL now. I'm we got a big week here in the for the Silver Knights here this weekend, which will yeah, to it's going to be huge. Uh, I still have some NCAA stuff to go. Thanks to the Denver Pioneers, my playoff beard continues to grow. <laughs> so, yeah, but you get to go to Boston, so that's cool. Yeah, well, um, you could scout oh, it out for for the next year's ACHA tournament. Let me, yeah. Start telling us all how great Boston is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not the easiest to get to from where you're located, being in Denver. Goodness but. gracious, 29 hours of drive time, my friend. 29 <laughs> hours of drive time. Well, that's a lot even for you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is uh, an awful lot. But um, So I said, what are we going to do tonight? I thought, well, let's, let's kind of wrap up the tournament. Let's kind of look ahead and see uh, what's going to happen next year. And then um, let's uh, – Let's talk about uh, just hockey in general because last night we had the uh, head coach from uh, the Lindenwood Lions on, uh, Rick Zombo, as he was talking about uh, their jump to NCAA hockey. And I was going to say, there, heard, I was going to say, are we breaking something here? Is this uh, is this news? No, people... <laughs> it, no if you if you haven't heard that, Nine. that is official. Right, uh, they are making the jump. Um, it, it took uh, some work as it would normally take, you would think, but uh, everybody's on board. I asked him how things are going for his team, and he said they're living the life of kings because uh, St. Louis apparently just can't quit celebrating that national championship 
And uh, the St. Louis Blues have had them there. They've been downtown. They've been all over the place uh, showing oh, yeah. off that uh, Murdoch Cup. Oh, they're they're the uh, they're just treating like royalty in in St. Louis right now. Uh, for somebody that just spent a week there a couple of weeks ago, I can understand that. I mean, they they love their their hockey there. They they you know a team can really a city can get behind a, a championship, obviously. But to, for a team like Lindenwood to do what they did and and obviously with with what was on the horizon with, the, with whether they go NCA or not, obviously ultimately they are, and the things that happened there, and then and then crowd off with an ACHA championship and and uh you know it's just exciting but yeah the blues are were behind are behind all this i mean they did the announcement at a blues game right before you know it was it was linden they had a lindenwood night at a st louis blues game i mean that's pretty cool i mean we're waiting for a UNLV night at a golden knights game here at some point yeah let's hope it leads to an uh, ncaa uh rise there as well um a couple of things on that i i thought it was strictly put together after they won the championship but Rick told me last night that um, Rick Rick told me last night that um, it was actually planned to be a Lindenwood night, but it was just enhanced with the national championship and the announcement of making the jump to NCAA hockey. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a big deal for them. It's a big undertaking. They understand what it what it's going to take. Um, they have a 15 game schedule already put together, so uh, that that's good news and. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some crossover. It'll probably be kind of a hybrid type season for him, but we'll find that out. He was happy. I know they're, uh, he kind of let it out of the bag last night. I think they're playing North Dakota, Denver, Air Force, and Arizona State. And don't quote me on the Denver one because I'm not sure about that one, but I know North Dakota, Arizona State, and Air Force are on their <laughs> schedule for next year. Oh, so you're just loving that. I mean, you, you, Denver, which you, which you cover, cover closely, Arizona State, uh, North Dakota. Well, you love to go to North Dakota, so. I should... <laughs> uh, no, no, we'll pass that. That's that's going to be your trip. <laughs> no, I'm the ACHA guy now. They're not ACHA anymore. That's not. I, I, you can send me to Minot, maybe. That's that's probably. Yeah, there we go. That there we go. <laughs> or, or so, or to Alaska when UNLV goes and plays up there against that team up there. But... So I don't know if you have this in front of you. I'm looking at the ACHA homepage, and they have a listing of the M1 stat leaders. So before we even get into that. Um, the final rankings and all that stuff that By came. By the way, out. one more thing on on the yeah. Lindenwood interview. Uh, I don't know if he understood or misunderstood your question. You asked him about equipment or something, something to do with changing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that between him, and Paul, to it, but... <laughs> between him and Paul Hornstein, they get me going. I asked him. I said, with the jump to NCAA, are you going to be changing your logo or uh, getting some new colors, or he's keeping everything the same? And he said, you know me, I keep everything the same. I got the same stick from 15 years ago. And I said, coach, 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 I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your team because, as you know, Stephen, in this day and age, the players uh, in college hockey right now uh, really like the swag and the stuff that goes along with it. And Arizona State, I believe, has over 500 combinations of uh, helmets, jerseys, pants, socks, gloves, that they can mix and match if they wanted to. So um, I was trying to get that out of them, but of course, Rick's more uh, interested in doing the uh, <laughs> the coaching than he is putting anybody in wardrobe. So we'll see what happens. But uh, as my co-host reminded me uh, last night, um, they are already NCAA in women's hockey, so I'm guessing that'll follow. Yeah, I think so. And I think that kind of is a good point you bring up about the Lindenwood uh, women 
team already has is already NCAA, so I don't that that might have made the, the jump a little bit easier with with other things. I mean, we, we talk about UNLV's drive to get to a to an NCAA level. Well, the challenge one of the challenges is that because of Title IX, they'll have to create also a women's uh, making women's sport, uh, whether that you know a, an NCAA program too, which is a great. I'm not that's not a bad thing, but it's just that's another hurdle. So they you know it's essentially you have to bring two sports into NCAA men's sport and one that women can play. Well, Lindenwood already had the, the women's hockey in there, so now it's the men can jump in and, and do it. Yeah, and and, and my, understa- my, my understanding, too, is that, and I don't know this, we'll, we'll find out later on, is that Lindenwood will still have an ACHA team. I think they are, they still have a D2 team. They might just promote them up one. So I think they'll still have a, an a ACHA team that will compete at the M1 level. One, but won't be the group that we saw win the championship this year, but but I could be wrong on that, but I would assume that you'll see that still. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure of that too. I, I th- Rick said that he had uh, like just since the uh, championship game was over, he's had nothing but meetings about what's going to happen with everything. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, put it all together. It's not an easy task, but like I said, um, he does have a roadmap because Penn State did it, Arizona State did it. Um, now he's got some sort of a roadmap to follow and. And hopefully that means that UNLV is next, and then that'll be followed by Oregon, and we'll just keep going down the line and uh, and keep talking about uh, the growth of NCAA hockey, which of course also feeds ACHA hockey and all of that. So um, we'll look at that. I don't know. Are, do you have that stat leader page up so we can kind of go through that, or on the uh, ACHA homepage? Uh, I I don't have it on the. I have the. Uh... The stats from the uh, tournament, who had the most points and stuff from the men's. Yeah, I, I have the stat leaders for the year. Oh, and the year. Uh, what caught my eye uh, was a couple of things. Um, it's on the M1 page of the uh, ACHA. Um, okay. Well, you go ahead. But and- it, anyway, uh, what caught my eye was uh, 35 goals was second in the uh, M1 division. And that was uh, your Russian friend, Vitaly. Mikhailov, um, who had 35 goals, so that was good for second. Um, when I looked down the list of um, uh, wins, uh, Benjamin Kelsch had 19 wins to lead the country or tied for the lead with uh, Devin Na- uh, Nadeau of uh, Iowa State. Zach Wixon was third with 17, so that's pretty impressive to be that high up in the rankings. Um, goals against went to Zach Wixon. Wixon with a 2.03 goals against average. Yeah, but look who was number two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you go. I mean, uh, Benjamin Kelsch was uh, number two with a 2.08, and then Zach Wixon was second in save percentage with a .930. And anytime you're over .93 or at .93, that is a huge, huge number for um, for you, for uh, goaltenders. So, Zach Wixon uh, really did lead the way. And like you said, Benjamin Kelsch was right there. And, um, you know, had it not been for UCL, who knows where uh, UNLV would have ended up. That was kind of the thorn in their side all season long, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. I think it's just we talked about it on previous shows that, you know, sometimes you just there's just that one team, and no matter what level of sport or what sport you're talking about, that always seems like it has a team's number. I mean, uh, we just see it just – for some of the, the matchup, the way they play, you just, you try everything and it just, you just can't seem to, to match up 
fully and, and be able to, to contain them. And for UNLV, that this year was was the University of Central Oklahoma. Paid, played them twice in, in, in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma, and, uh, and lost. And then, of course, in the tournament, they matched up. Uh, and again, what made it even more impressive was the fact that Central Oklahoma came off all those overtimes and still were able to, to match up with UNLV and UNLV coming in a little bit more rested, obviously, just hadn't played regular hockey the day before and still was able to beat them in a thrilling, thrilling game. And, and, uh, but you know, it's, yeah, it's just one of those things that if, if, if it wasn't for Central Oklahoma, UNLV more than likely would have been, would have been the big runners up to the national tournament to Lindenwood. So. So, so that really tells you that the WCHL, which of course is what we cover uh, very closely, um, is if not the strongest, one of the strongest conferences in all of college hockey and ACHA land, anyway. Yeah, I mean those two faced off in the in the semifinals, so you had two WCHL teams already uh, in the in the semifinals facing off against each other, guaranteeing that one of them was going to make the championship game. You had four teams overall. That uh, made the tournament, and or yeah, made the national tournament, and two of them, like I said, made the final four, and 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 two more, and a couple of others were kind of on the cusp. At least one of them was was on the cusp of making it. So that's half the league right there. Five teams that uh, were made it or were on the cusp of making the national tournament. Four ultimately made it in. So that that's a pretty good odds. Uh, four out of ten, and again, a couple of teams that were kind of right there too. So uh, next year, I just expect it to maybe even be. Uh, elevated now that we we kind of saw a full season with the current format of the 10 teams uh you know coming off the covid year where most of these teams didn't play last year other than i think one one of them or two of them and then of course the the year prior that the unlv utah and grand canyon weren't in yet so uh so yeah so now you get the 10 teams and and the way that the format is set up with the way they play each other and and uh, it's a battle every game we saw that all year you, you, most of the time, the you, you just you can kind of, kind of surmise what might happen, but uh, even if it they did ultimately end up that way, uh, game lot, games were a lot closer. Um, I, I mean, than you would maybe expect in some cases. You know, and the other thing I think, uh, Stephen, is the fact that <clears throat> now that these teams have have had a chance to play each other and uh, see the competition, uh, you know how they say the. Uh, the high tide rises all ships. Well, um, and that's a line that Chad Berman at Arizona wants to use all the time. Well, I think uh, everybody right now is going into this off season going like, Hey, you know, we got to get better to, to compete with these guys. I mean, I'm certain that Utah saw that this year. I'm certain that uh, UNLV has got things going on right now where they want to make sure that they can get past UCO. I'm sure UCO is going to try to rebuild to try to keep that, WCHL championship uh, trophy that they have and and then everybody else is is trying to move on up so it's it's uh it's one of those things that when you have a talented group at the top it makes everybody else better I'm sure Colorado Colorado State Oklahoma all of those teams that uh, maybe just quite didn't get there are gonna do everything they can in this off season to get there yeah, no question. And you know, we certainly saw some some rivalries formed with Central Oklahoma, UNLV, and and you know, it's also other other rivalries too. That you know, maybe Missouri State and UNLV a little bit. But um, and then 
but I think I think what you're going to see next season is you're right. I think the the competition's even going to be elevated again, and I think we've seen that year after year in just the ACHA as a whole. It seems like it's gotten better and better every year. I mean, I I started following it real closely. I guess this is the fifth year now, so, and so you know, seeing just seeing it, um, you know, mostly just focusing on UNLV perspective. But just see, now that I've focused on more of actual the whole league itself, and especially the WCHL teams, um, you just see every year it's uh, it's it's getting better and better and better. Um, which is why we changed the name of this podcast to the current name because it, it seems like the the previous word of that was didn't really do it justice for the kind of hockey this is, even though that's technically what it is but it's it's so much more than that and uh, i think that's just a testament of how serious the, these teams take it and how important i mean i mean going back to lindenwood and winning i mean they wanted it i mean they it was like watching a a team a pro team or an nca team which you you'll, you'll see soon in boston uh winning a championship and how how excited they were to get that and and how much it meant to them and you know just being able to talk to players and the coach afterwards and just how much it meant to them to, to win this and and how they worked for it for four years to to get that that title so um that's an important thing and i think that's a testament to how important this league is in the in the framework of, of hockey and college hockey specifically i think it's a testament that these teams continue to look to get good players and there's good players coming here uh, choosing to come here then maybe going division three teams in the ncaa which we've seen that too and and, and getting a better opportunity coming to the ACHA, which is a testament to how how much this league is is improving and, and putting themselves out there. So, well, and the other thing, Stephen, that I've noticed in the seven years that I've done this um, is that, it, and I told this to a lot of different people that would would listen to me. But it's hard to find people that listen to me. But <laughs> anyway, uh, when I find them, uh, what I tell them is is that um, seven years ago the uh, the idea of being able to progress from uh, ACHA to NCAA was kind of a pipe dream. Um, Arizona State proved it. That's why I started this company to start with. Uh, they proved that it could happen. But uh, And even before that, of course, Penn State had done it. But for the most part, uh, there were no aspirations from ACHA schools to even try to climb that high. They just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't attainable. Well, then guess what? Um, along comes Arizona State, and they, they do it. And all of a sudden, there's a roadmap out there for people. So now all of a sudden, UNLV is thinking about it. Lindenwood makes the jump. They knew what they had to do uh, to get there. Oregon is talking about it, and they're making the jump to ACHA M1. Um, San Diego State making the, the jump to M, uh, ACHA M1. So there's programs now that are taking notice. And even more importantly than that, uh, is two things. They're talking about it, which it never used to happen publicly. And I think the other thing is the universities now are looking at it and going like, hey, maybe this can be a revenue generating sport. Uh, Arizona State's proven that's already the third highest revenue generating sport uh, on campus behind football and basketball. And they're getting, and they're put and they're investing in a new facility for for them to play. I know uh, some other sports will play there too, but they're going to have a facility they'll be able to play their hockey at instead of, you know, Oceanside, which of course is going to be going away. So it's, uh, it's, in fact, it's an NHL team is going to play there too for a while, which we, which we've gone down that rabbit hole. Before. Oh, you want to go down that, don't you? You just want to get me started. I just had to, I just had to throw that in there real quick. 
you don't live in Arizona anymore anyway. Uh, Yeah, but my roots are still there. Uh, I will always support things in Arizona. There's no doubt about that. But um, But yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole different thing. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, so that that's a testament there, and and so it's uh, Arizona State certainly has sent the started the roadmap, and we're seeing a lot of schools try to try to follow that and Lindenwood did that you mentioned this that it's important to win a championship at the ACHA level well Lindenwood just did that they have the money that they've gotten that they're gonna have they already have a facility they have a beautiful facility so they're already ahead of the game there so um that you know so that's 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 uh that puts them on the right path so other schools they, they can get there um and you're right that we, we see what it what it can take uh to do it so yeah, absolutely. So just some, some final words from you on, on St. Louis and the way that tournament was run and uh, some of the observations that you had uh, from your week there. Well, I think one thing that I think is kind of maybe brought up in other platforms is talking about the, the format for the M1 tournament being that it's a single elimination when the other levels, it's a, it's a pool play. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I think my thinking is, I think the format, some people, I think the format of it is, is pretty, I guess there was, you know, there's you, you, one thing I think there's that can be thrown out there is that you, you work up all season long, you get to go to the national tournament, which is great. Um, there's no secret that sometimes the funds is all, isn't big thing. So you have to raise money to cost a lot to go to these places. Next year, it's going to be in Boston, which is more expensive. You're going to find out exactly how much money you're probably going to be spending going to Boston. Cause it's a, it's probably an expensive city. Well, you know, the, the thing of it is flying so you, to Boston well, isn't true. so bad. It, right. It's like I found out the media hotel, uh, if I was going to stay there, which I am not, uh, <laughs> is $259 a night just the right. base room. So yeah, that, for, for a four-night stay, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're talking uh, yeah. about 1000 bucks plus. Yeah, so we need to start saving up our money for the ACHA tournament already. But uh, we need to go find some sponsors. We need some partners. <laughs> yes, there you go. And, and, you and go. that's a, that's the same thing I'm doing right now with the right. NCAA offer is, and I'll shout it out right now. If you have a business you want to jump on board, it right now I will take the first twelve uh, corporate partners that'll get a twenty five hundred dollar valued corporate partnership for just six hundred and twenty five dollars, which is seventy five percent off the uh, regular price, a full year of marketing for 625 bucks. It's a steal, but oh, it's that's only a, good for 12. That's it. Just that's the a first good, 12. And then we're back to normal. That's a good deal. That's like black Friday uh, quality sales right there. Yeah. <laughs> Cyber Monday. Good idea. Deals. Black Wednesday. <laughs> black Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but uh, my, my point about what I was getting at was that the cost of going to these tournaments at the ACHA level is expensive. A lot of teams do fundraisers and try to raise money, but, and so in case you, you know, you play that first game, and you you play your first game and you lose and then you're done. So that's why some of these other divisions have pool play, so you can play at least a couple of games and get a couple of games in. But I think the way that the, the M1 tournament is set up is is great. I mean, there's little room for error. Um, if if you're the best team, you're more than likely going to win. You know, not always. It does prime for maybe an upset or two, and and we see that. Um, you know, I. I think the format for the M1 tournament is is great. It's a grind for sure because you're playing so many games in a short period of time, and, and some teams try to prepare for that up, you know, throughout the regular season, playing in little tournaments or, or showcases and, and things like that, or playing three games in three days or whatever the case may be. But uh, but yeah, I think it's just 
you know, there's very little room for error. So I think with the way the tournament is, is gone, it's, it's a, it goes very fast uh, because of the, there's so many games that you got to get through in that six days. Um, we saw that we saw the overtime games, how much that can affect the, the scheduling and, and, you know, you, you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared for different factors, uh, things that might be out of your control, things that might be in your control. And I think that just, I, I think the more you get a chance to go to one of these sort of things, a tournament, national tournament like this, it, it just prepares you. So I think the teams, now that you, teams like UNLV or even Central Oklahoma again, you know, even teams that like, like Arizona, even though they're going to lose a lot of their seniors, but they're the ones that, you know, you got to go even though you didn't win. Um, you get experience. You get to see what it's like to be there, especially since we didn't have a tournament in 2020. We didn't. We had the, the abbreviated one in 2021 with fewer teams involved because of less teams were playing. So now you, it's it's like with anything. As you go and you have that experience, you know what it, it takes to do it. it. The drive, the motivation will be even enhanced to want to repeat or even do better than you did the year before. Hopefully, it's always to do better than the year before, but at least to repeat. And at least for UNLV, they've been far. Arizona repeat, but go further than just making the tournament. So I think it's just always a, a positive thing. But but the tournament was was great. I think it was it was well ran very well. The ACHA does a good job of putting it together. And and I think it was cool. I think there's talk also too that's going to be I, I've hearing on another platform that uh, you've been on a couple of times. They were talking about some things that might be discussed about going back to at some point the, the divisions going back to individual locations um I, I think but i think it was kind of cool that everybody was there in one spot because what, what was really cool and i and i and it was brought up on that platform and, and podcast and it was i'll repeat here wchl podcast we'll give them a shout out um is that uh that the other teams from the other other um divisions that weren't playing maybe it was the same school from different divisions they went and watched the other games or other people could go and watch other games it was just like a real big cool hangout too i mean it was it was very focused you wanted to win and focus but there was times to be loose and, and teams could hang out there and watch some action on the other rinks with the other divisions going on and next year it's going to be more unique because it's going to be everybody's with all the ice sheets they have there at that place in in, in new england that they're going to be everybody's going to be competing in the same time frame so everybody will will be going so that would be very interesting to see how that's played out uh, next year so yeah, that was going to be what I was going to ask you. Is with all the teams there, was it confusion? Was it well organized? Did you, did you have a lot of people that were trying to get to the same place? I mean, were there anything anything that was a negative on that part of it? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it was, it's it seemed like you know it, it wasn't. I mean, it was it was crowded at times, but it wasn't like super packed because of all the action. I mean, you know, some teams. Had a, you know, had more people there than others, but um, I, I think the one thing, and it's no knock on the ACHA, it was just the facility itself, and the facility was great, but you know, the the the, the food choices were kind of. I mean, they have a concession stand in the in the main building, but it wasn't active, being used. They have a they had a uh, eating establishment, and it didn't seem like maybe they were as prepared for for that kind of influx as maybe they they thought it was going to be. And it was you know, you wanted to get food, and it took a while, and then you you know, you'd have to wait a while because you had all these people there at one at one time and stuff, uh, you know, trying in between games and stuff from the different uh, divisions in their tournaments, going in, going that same place to get a drink or, or something to eat. So, um, you know, and for somebody that like, especially people that are there all day, like, like I was for the first four days, um, you know, you have to have a break and eat something. So 
you know, it was, but everybody's trying to do that. That's going to be hanging around there. So. <laughs> yeah, right. But people are coming and going too. So not everybody had to do that. You know, some people may just come for their kids games and then leave and, you know, and hang or some, but you know, it was still, there was a lot of, plus you had, but it was well, I mean, like I said, well, well organized but on that front and uh, just from a league perspective and, and, uh, you know, everybody did a, a top notch, uh, job. Um, I guess the one thing was I, there were some things with the ice. I guess maybe on some of the some of the rinks, but you know when you have so many games like that, you know you have to churn through it. You're not always going to have maybe the best of ice at the at the end of it. So yeah, it's kind of, that's point. just it's just another thing you kind of have to battle through. Okay, so let's uh, before we take a break, let's break down the uh, the champions. Do you happen to have that in front of you? The champions for each division. Uh, I do, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if I, I didn't know if I stumped you on one, but no, uh, no. I, I'm we, looking at uh, at the champions from M1, M2, M3, W1, W2, yep. um, but all I have are the uh, Twitter handles, so I'm not sure um, of the teams. I know a few of them, but I'm not sure all of them. So I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, and give us the winners, if you would, the champions, the list of champions for 2022-23 season. Sure. So the no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. 2021-22 season. There you go. Uh, so we know Lindenwood, of course, the M1 champs. Uh, the the men's two champs was the University of Mary, which I believe is a as a repeat from from last Bismarck, year. Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, yeah, Bismarck, North Dakota. Hope Hope uh, College was number was the M3. Um, that might be a repeat too. I'm not sure, but. Uh, we know that women's one is a repeat that this is, I, I, we, we should give a shout out to the Liberty women. Cause they're the W one champions and uh, they they're used to this. So it's like old hat for them because <laughs> I think I was, let me see if I can find the article here. I think yeah, yeah, they, this is their fifth time uh, national champions. This is their fourth uh, in a row uh, that they've won. So uh, congratulations uh, to them. They won it in uh well, we have, of course, didn't have a couple of years where they didn't we didn't have one but so you go back to i think 18 19 17 18 19 and then this year so that's that's quite a quite an accomplishment for the liberty uh women uh being able to to do that so uh, congratulations uh to them and then w2 who you got there uh the w2 is uh asinai boyne i hope i said that right asinaboyne asinaboyne there you go yeah, the Cougars. Yes. Yeah, so absolutely. So that's your that's your champions, which uh, you know, the first and foremost, what comes to mind, Stephen, is we're back to uh quote unquote normal. Uh things now feel like it's it's normal. I say that and here I am at Denver today. I have to wear a mask to talk to the players <laughs> and, and I gotta fill out the health screening form still, but I understand that will probably go away um after next week when uh the, the, the pioneers get back to just uh, um, normality for the summer. So yeah, it, it, it's getting there. It's not quite there, but uh, it's very, very close. Yeah. We're kind of on the, uh, we're kind of in the red zone on it. Uh, we're getting close to the goal line. And I think, uh, you know, there's some concerns, some variants and stuff, but I think with all, as we've talked about with everything that's available now, I think we can manage it. And, and we're we're seeing restrictions loosen more and, and travel, especially between the U.S. and Canada, that will take an effect in April. And and uh, I think in some settings, uh, you still have to wear a mask if, if you're around 
players, I think still at the NHL, the AHL level, that may still be a thing. And um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's uh, there was announcements for the uh, NFL that they're going to start allowing media back in locker rooms. So we're, we're getting there. The NFL's doing it. I'm, I think Major League Baseball's planning on doing it the same. So I, I would imagine that if not this season, hopefully next season, that you'll see that that more normal where you'll see the media scrums and everybody squishing up on, on the players in the locker rooms again. Which I'm sure oh, will that'll be a, be a thrill. I'm sure, they'll, I'm sure that'll uh, be a thrill a... for the for the media members. <laughs> they loved, and then I'm sure they'll be a thrill for the players. They'll see all these media people back in their locker well, room again. The the big thing with that is that, and you know, I love the the locker rooms. Oh, I know. That's it's, where you it's get great. the. Uh, yeah, you instead get of the one on one, instead um, of you get everybody things. getting the same sort of information and having to, right? Because some people ask mind. different questions. I mean, I was on the uh, the national uh, Frozen Four press conference uh, the other day for the the men uh, NCAA, and uh, you know, it was it, it was done via Zoom, but um, there's not going to be anything like being able to ask questions uh, directly, and maybe two or three or four. I got to ask one. Um, of each coach, basically. That was it. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a break. Let's come back and let's talk uh, some futures uh, as far as ACHA is what we what we know and maybe what we don't know, and we'll speculate. And then we'll talk a little bit about um, AHL because we've got a big announcement coming on our AHL coverage coming up very soon. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and uh, revisit all of those things as well. Play it. Premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team. Your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now.
UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Welcome back in, hockey fans. <clears throat> Indeed, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Serendi with you in Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, um, we went into the break, and we were talking about all of the things that uh, um, had happened now let's talk a little bit about the future because we touched on it, but we didn't really get into it big time uh, as far as what uh, what we expect. We know that UNLV, let's start right there because they're going to have uh, just uh, three players leaving the program, I believe, and uh, more guys coming in, correct? Yeah, they're going to – yeah, that's that's exactly right. Three, three players uh, leaving – uh, Zach Wick, or not Zach Wick, sorry, <laughs> not, not, not Zach, no, he's going to be around for a few years. Uh, I mean, who am I thinking? Oh, Erickson and, uh, Sofopoulos and, uh, Ponsky, they're going to be leaving, uh, they're graduating and then they're going to, of course, have some players come in. So that's going to make it, uh, that's going to make it real, uh, the competition even more intense and, and as they always do, they recruit very, very well. So, um, I, I would expect the UNLV roster is going to look very good uh, next year. Um, so the fact that they made it to the, the final four this year of the ACHA tournaments, um, the, the expectation, of course, is is going to be to to do that next year or actually to win it will be their expectation, and they will feel like that they will be able to do that, uh, certainly with the guys that they'll put together on the ice. Uh, one of those is going to be a very good player from the Thunderbirds here locally, the junior uh, uh, the team here, the Las Vegas Thunderbirds, and uh, that ought to be really a good Caleb Strong. I believe there's a lot of high remarks about him, so that he'll he'll should and be able see to... that that's the good news. That's the part where uh, local kids are starting to infiltrate these programs. And the other program, the team that won the WCHL regular season, the team that made it to the championship game, the uh, UCO Broncos from uh, uh, from uh, Nor- Norman. 
Oh, no, oh. not Norman. Oh, careful there. Careful Where there. are they from, Stephen? You'll, you'll never be. Edmond, Edmond, Oklahoma. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had to get that out there just to, to tease you a little bit. I teased you a little bit last night with Rick, too. I said you were a little nervous going in to see him. <laughs> well, he's a very. <laughs> he's an intimidating individual, isn't he? He's intimidating <laughs> until you get in there and start talking with him. And then it's nice. Yeah, then he softens up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the team from Edmond, Oklahoma, the UCO Broncos, <clears throat> will definitely re- be reloading and uh, also coming out strong as they always do. I mean, there's a reason why that program uh, has had a national championship and was so close to getting one this year. Who oh, knows? If they don't play five overtimes, um, maybe they had enough left to battle Lindenwood. I don't know. Lindenwood well, was undefeated, but well, they they had they've had a few uh, championships, I believe. The, the at least a couple. Twenty. Yes, they have. They've got a couple. Even not too long ago, twenty seventeen was their last one, I think. So yeah, yep. Right and, after and, Arizona State. Yeah, and so you look at you look at UCO, and yeah, they didn't win the championship, but you, you look at everything that they were able to accomplish. The best team in the WCHL. Uh, this year, at least, you know, statistically wise and, and obviously making the, the championship game of the, the, of the tournament, uh, especially with the way they had to do it, all the overtime and the extra hockey they had to, to do, you know, we, <laughs> we joked early or we talked earlier about the grind that the national tournament is about four games in five days, potentially. And, uh, for central Oklahoma, they got a couple extra <laughs> games in there equivalent wise when they had to play a, basically a double header there with the, all the, overtimes in that one game but but they they are a a really good team obviously and i would expect them to to be able to put a good product out there again next season with with the guys that they have uh, i'm sure they're losing some seniors and i haven't looked too deep into that but uh, certainly the uh that's our summer good. project <laughs> <laughs> anyway the, oh and, you mean i don't get the summers off <laughs> no no i guess we found uh, that out during covid when we had nothing to talk about for months and months and months <laughs> exactly uh, well and the other team that that i think well a couple more teams we got the coaches don't get the summers teams, off but, that's for sure <laughs> no not at all um missouri state they started off like gangbusters and they kind of just um I don't know what it was after Christmas, but they weren't the same team. And uh, I got a feeling that uh, Coach Law and Coach Cook are going to uh, figure out what that was and, and fix it because that team was too talented, and they're going to get uh, they're going to get more talent coming in to replace some of the guys that they lose, I'm sure. And uh, with that fan base and the way that organization is run, uh, you would expect them to be back in the top ten or better of uh, the ACHA rankings. The other team, Stephen, is uh, is Arizona. I think uh, the job that Chad Berman did again this year, and he's still a couple of years away from having his own ice surface, so it's not going to be um, this year or next year that, that those problems are solved. But uh, I think he's building towards something again to get that program back uh, where he wants it. It, it was a – it was a tough season for them, and I and I say that in regards to just the challenges they had to to endure. Um, obviously, the ice situations, this thing, but it just it, it was a it was a battle all year, and and you know just to kind of get a flow going, and you know they 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 hung in there and got a tournament bid, and obviously lost to a to a Michigan Dearborn team, but you know it they just I I think this is kind of one of those years. And again, they were probably a team that really was affected by the, the, the pause in the, the play in the COVID uh, 
period because um, while other teams, even though couldn't play games, they could still try to get together and maybe and still be able to skate on you know on ice surfaces for a period of time. Arizona really didn't have that kind of luxury as we've talked about before. So uh, when they kind of got the season going, they kind of had to kind of almost like a baptism by fire kind of thing. And they had to do start their season in Utah with, with the big ice sheet up there and, and then and Utah beat one, both those games, but then Arizona kind of got a little bit of a, of a role on at home ice, especially where they are usually pretty good. And uh, you know, so and they still won the cactus cup with Arizona state, which they take a lot of pride in. So um, so that that's a plus there. So, um, you know, it wasn't a complete uh, – it was definitely not a season that Arizona expects. Certainly Chad Berman expects, you know, especially where they've been in the past. But um, I think with what they had to to endure and and, and kind of – especially with, with everything that beforehand, um, you know, it was it was a, a, a decent season for them. Um, and, and I expected that, you're, that there will be um, – they will be better next year, obviously, and a lot better, I would think. And so they'll, you know, they're they're a team that, of course, before that, because we've played the ads, you know, throughout the year, they're the back-to-back WCHL champs. They won't, they're not this year, but there could be a chance to contend for that uh, next year. But they're gonna have to take it out of Central Oklahoma's hands, which won't be easy. But, but. Uh, and then the the other team that I want to mention in Arizona is Arizona State got a new coaching staff uh, mid-season. It seemed to really turn them around. I didn't get a chance to see them. Uh, then, but you did, and uh, you noted that they uh, seem to have a lot more fire uh, with the with the coaching change. Yeah, I I didn't. I think I was. I think it was still the previous guy when uh, when they came here, um, because they they played them before Christmas here. Uh, they did go to Arizona State and and played a couple of games there. So I guess I watched from afar on on online. But uh, and yeah, those were tough games. I mean, UNLV uh, lost one in a shootout and i think they won the next the next night but it was uh it was not easy and, and arizona state certainly was improved when that coaching change was made and, and we see that too when when things like that happen how a team all of a sudden rallies behind especially this one was kind of wanted by the players to for this change to happen sometimes that's not always the case in sports where the players seem to like the coach and then for some reason a change is made but then they have to kind of like whoa okay but no i think this is they were excited i think for the change the players were and and, and they seem to show that and i would expect now what when you get into a full season now with the new coaching staff in play they be able to get the players they want and adjust and and really work in there what they want to achieve with that team um that could be a team that's going to be very dangerous next year too and then of course utah i think really uh learned a lot they probably learned more than any team in the wchl this year um with maybe grand canyon being a close second but uh, i think no, i utah... agree with you i agree with you yeah yeah utah i think they've really benefited um from the uh this season in, in learning too but and, and i think uh, probably the number one thing after talking to chris perry at towards the end of the year was that they realized how important their scheduling is and how they have to play uh you know, some different teams in order to, to get in the rankings. Cause that's really what kept them out. Not that the opponent that they were playing um, maybe wasn't the best opponent, but it, it, you got to play harder teams. If you want to move up in the rankings, we found that out. It's computer based and don't get me started. <laughs> Cause we don't have enough time for that. But um, 
Yeah, this is only an hour. This is only an hour show. Yeah, we've already burned through about uh, 50 minutes of it. So (laughs) anyway, um, so I think that one, I think Grand Canyon has gotten uh, better already um, just from their experience. And then the two Colorado schools, Colorado State had a new head coach. So it took them some time to get uh, set to his system. But I know at the end of the year, they were playing some pretty good hockey. And, of course, here at Colorado at Boulder, that team uh, just had a slow start. But uh, they always seem to be there, and they always seem to play tough against everybody in the WCHL. And uh, last but not least, the uh, the Oklahoma Sooners, um, they, they have a battle because it's right in state. It's right, right across Oklahoma City, basically, uh, to uh, to do battle with uh, UCO. And uh, that can't help but make you better down the road. So I think the WCHL is going to be even better than last year. And like you said, we got, what, four teams in? Did we get four or five this year? It was uh, four. In the tournament. Okay. So I think that uh, there's a really good chance that we get five, maybe even six next year, based on the fact that uh, everybody will uh, will improve some. So. And, and, and these aren't WCHL teams, but it could be uh, impacted because they'll probably play some of our – uh, certainly our Western-based uh, teams, more West than the other teams. San Diego State and Oregon will definitely be a part of everybody's schedule, so I'm they're, sure. They're coming in, and the Division One, and you know, from what I saw of Oregon, um, they were not a bad, not a bad team. And well, I mean, they were they they, of course, there could be the circumstances of when the games were, but uh, Oregon really seemed to fight hard, and and I talked with uh, somebody who was with the Oregon organization after the, that series, just briefly, he was just kind of talking about the, the move up to the next level and, and uh, they're excited for it. They really are. They, they think they can, they can uh, be a team that can make that, um, make it dangerous for other teams to play against and, and really compete. Uh, maybe not right away. Maybe it may take a year or two, but um, they can, they can get there. Kind of like what a grand Canyon is doing. They, they're not quite there yet, but they are getting there and they, and they, or certainly uh, make it tough for make it tough for teams to, to play against them in, in a lot of cases. Even if they're not getting the wins, they're they're certainly competitive in those games, which is which is always a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And we'll uh, we'll dig in more next week to uh, talk a little bit about the well, be the following week because next week will be the NCAA Frozen Four. So you'll get one more night off. <laughs> nice. Don't get comfortable with that though. Just don't get comfortable because we got stuff to talk about. Um, I did want to touch uh, just for the last 10 minutes of the show. I know it's not ACHA, but the AHL is uh, heating up. Um, there's only one more month of regular season. And then we'll be talking about the Pacific division playoffs and uh, looking for a chance to win an ACHL, uh, ACHL, an AHL Calder cup championship. Uh, of course, there's the alphabet soup. There's team. the alphabet soup going on again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not me that time. Uh, I just couldn't say it. Uh, the AHL Calder Cup. So uh, starting the 14th of uh, uh, April, uh, we'll start doing our uh, AHL stuff, and we'll we'll dig in and put you to work doing some stuff. And Tom Callahan and I will uh, be hosting a show on. Uh, I believe it's going to be on Twitch. Is what we're talking about now, Twitch TV. So. Um, it uh, it'll be some stuff, and we'll have you out at the at the uh, games up there in Henderson at that new brand new facility, which is what I want to touch on. Tell us about the Dollar Loan Center, and first of all, say goodbye to the Orleans because that was a year and a half full of uh, excitement. Yeah, you know that was that was a 
a quick year and a half. Uh, you know, it was a little bit shorter than originally planned because of the, the pandemic and, and the first AHL season there. It was a shortened season. Of course, there was half of that season was with no fans. So it was, you know, it was an empty building, which I still think about that time and what an eerie sight that was. But, and then of course we had, you know, limited fans for, for a while. And then this season, you know, full season, uh, at least with, with full, you know, with, you could not restrictions of capacity. It wasn't full crowd, but you could have, there was no restrictions there. And, and, you know, there were some great, great moments. I mean, the Orleans of course has a history of, of hockey there with the ECHL days and the, and the Wranglers here. And from, from when the building opened in 2003 to, to 2014, and of course it's had other hockey events there. It's uh, it held the hockey hall of fame game there in, in 2018, which was a, a big deal here. And of course that's going to be back here this year, but it's going to be a T-Mobile. Um, and so, and then you've got, and then, and then, of course, the Silver Knights have been there, and it was a, a great way for um, to kind of bridge the new place that the Silver Knights are moving into now, as as the Dollar Loan Center got got ready got ready to be opened up. And uh, so, yeah, so the Orleans was was a nice place, uh, but the Dollar Loan Center is going to be a real nice, fresh change, and it's going to be an exciting change. You know, it's kind of an interesting uh, point in the season. You know, you're talking about an an opener kind of it towards the end of your season, the silver Knights kind of had a lot of road games this last month, you know, and with, but they have a lot of home games. They have about, uh, I think 13 home games left at the dollar loan center, which is a pretty good amount of games. So it's almost like you, you're kind of starting your season off again, which for the silver Knights could be a good thing because that no, there's no secret. They've been struggling lately. And, and some of that is victim of circumstances because of the, what the golden Knights have gone through with injuries and half of, basically half of Henderson silver Knights, the top players are, are up at the HL, including the goaltenders. Although it looks like the uh, Leonard is getting back, coming back. So that should solve one issue there. So he, he was on the bench tonight on the bench tonight <laughs> against the crack. And so, and Thompson and again tonight. So, uh, so yeah, so we're seeing, we're seeing the result on the AHL level where there's been a lot of young guys signing some college players, signing some, some professional tryout agreements and, and some rookie goaltenders as well, getting some, some, some minutes in. So, all that's a great thing. It's a it's a learning experience. That's part of what the AHL is. But still want to get wins. But for the Silver Knights, it's been a struggle for them. So they're right now in se- uh, seventh place. So it's it's kind of a struggle for them. But uh, well, but my point is that a fresh change though. You go into the Dollar Loan Center. Maybe you start to get some of those players back, and you can really make a push. Seven of nine teams make the uh, playoffs, and uh, so you, it's a pretty good chance you're still going to get in. It's just a matter of positioning and who your matchup will be, and if you can turn it around and play the hockey good hockey at this time of year, um, you can certainly surprise some people and, and, and make it tough to play against. And so going into a new building, it's going to be a excitement. But uh, I, I have been to the Dollar Loan Center. I went to a Nighthawks game a couple of weeks ago just, just to watch and just kind of sit in the crowd and just enjoy enjoy that. And uh, it's a great building, easy to, to, to get in the building. Um, parking things will, will be, will be a, a change, from certainly from the Orleans because uh, it's a little bit more of a – more of a challenge, but, uh, but the building itself is great. Uh, it's doesn't not really a bad seat in there. And, uh, so it's going to be exciting to, to see it uh, on Saturday for the uh, opener for, for hockey. Well, the, the big thing too, Stephen is it's, uh, you know, the Orleans, everybody knew was going to be their temporary home and I'm sure they appreciated the opportunity to play there. Um, you know, while their building was getting built, but this is now going to become the home of the Henderson silver Knights and there's something to be said about that because you feel like you want to protect your home. You feel comfortable in your locker room once you get settled in there. Um, I know they won't practice there other than probably game day, but um, 
just the fact that it's theirs, right? Um, there's I don't something know. I about think, that. I think you're. I think they're going to practice there probably pretty regularly. They practiced there this week, but that was maybe because they could get a chance to get some some time on the ice instead of their first game being Saturday because they're in Bakersfield right now, so they have a couple of games against the Condors, and then they have to come back after playing Friday in Bakersfield. They come back here Saturday for the opener at the Dollar Loan Center. So maybe the, those practices at the DLC was was so they will be familiar with the ice a little bit before that game. But I would imagine they will practice there some. I, yeah, they probably still will practice some at Lifeguard just because I'm sure this, the Dollar Loan Center will have other things, especially if they're going to share it with the IF, the Indoor Football League team. They might want to use need to use that to practice as well in addition when they have their games. So. Well, and I think their, their headquarters are there. So I yeah. mean, that, they're not going to move those. They're going to keep those there and, um, and, and spend their time there. But uh, I just think there's a lot to be said about having your home building. So, so uh, that's what's happening um, on that side of things. I just want to wrap things up by saying, uh, let's not forget that Arizona is getting their new building. Uh, they're going to break ground sometime this summer and, and start work in earnest this fall. Uh, so it won't be long until the, uh, the Arizona Wildcats will have their own building. And um, man, that would really help their program out a ton uh, just to have ice time and uh, a place to call their own. And of course, financially, uh, anytime that you can have the gate and the parking or whatever concessions and all that, that makes a big, big difference in uh, how much money your, uh, your uh, program can raise. And, and how about, and how about for, uh, for UNLV too, if they could play at the dollar loan center, uh, maybe that would be their. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Is that something that you heard, heard as a possibility or. I, I don't, I, I think it certainly is a possibility and I don't know who has this information, but I went on Wikipedia just doing some stuff, and I just wanted to look up the W. The WCHL has a as a Wikipedia page, as most things do have one. And and on the on the uh, you go down the uh, down there it talks about the teams, and you know, and talks about the locations, and it talks about venues they play in, uh, the teams play in. And and I thought what was really interesting is that UNLV has City National, and then it said dollar loan center coming in 2022 i'm like well this is interesting why would they be this be on there and i haven't really dug into that so i don't know it's it's possible that they're maybe gonna at least play some games there uh in the future um it, you know it certainly would be would be a great place for them to do it's it's tough because you know that the campus is it's it's far away from the campus City Nationals are already far away. This will be even further from them. I mean, ultimately, obviously, the ultimate goal would be to have something near the near the campus. But um, I certainly think, in some cases, maybe some bigger matchups you might see that if if they can work it out, because you'd still have to, you know, it's still going to be during the Silver Knight season, so you'll have to you'll have to manage manage that. But um, I certainly think it'd be easier than if trying to schedule games like at, at T-Mobile, if like they've done in the past, or at the Orleans, because the Orleans has so many other events going on, and that's what the Dallas Loan Center will try to do too. But but the focus will be on will be on hockey during the hockey season. So um, the ice will already be down, so it should be easy to get some games in there. Maybe when they they play those uh, NCAA games against those uh, against that Alaska school, that maybe they'll do those games there or something. But we'll see. I don't know. I don't know anything official. Um, I, I don't know if there's even official conversations. It sounds like there might be. I don't know for sure, but but yeah, that would be cool if they could could get that. But Arizona, as you mentioned, uh, do want happy for them that they're finally going to get that. I think it is going to be a big boost uh, for their program, and uh, so that should be exciting uh, in in a couple of years. Well, we'll keep our eyes open all summer long. Uh, relevancy still the word. Uh, I've seen Oregon posting a lot of uh, signings. 
of guys that are coming in. So I'm sure we'll start to see that happening throughout the summer. We'll see those, uh, those tryout camps. We'll see all that good stuff coming our way. So golf tournaments later in the summer. So, or, or yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, usually in August, August, uh, right. This is the school year is getting ready to come back. So we'll keep your eye, our, our eyes on that. And you keep your ears, uh, here to the great West college hockey podcast. And we'll tell you all about it all season long. As I said, oh, next yeah. week, we will be on a little bit of re- reprieve. At least Steven will, I'll be doing double work because it's when do you get a, when do you get a reprieve? Yeah, that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> that doesn't ever happen. So, uh, we'll be, we'll be bringing that to you. And, um, We'll be back in two weeks to uh, start digging into ACHA hockey a lot more, including the women's side of things. So, all right, take it away, my friend. Uh, stall, stall for just a second here. I okay, to pull I, I'm good at that. I'm good at stalling. So, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned, if you want NCAA coverage, the Denver Pioneers go. in our coverage area are uh, headed to Boston for the uh, NCAA Frozen Four. They will take on Michigan. Uh, next Thursday at the uh, first game of the night, followed by Minnesota and Minnesota State in the second game and then the championship game uh, next Saturday, April 9th from TD Gardens in Boston. Did I stall long enough? I, I You did, yes. I've got it okay. right here. <laughs> <All right. laughs> from the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, although that's, let's see. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I'll just read it. Uh, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, uh, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Uh, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, no one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division One Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M Drive, real people, real results. Try M Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Drury Inn and Sweets, our quality and value have earned a 16 straight JD Power Awards. Book your stay at drurihotels.com. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food. Fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. I hesitated first because I had the, this was one from the old the old show's name on it, but everything else I did leave is the same. It's updated, but I had to I had to ad lib the. We, uh, we got a thing, new one. Good 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 in, thing in I two got, weeks good, we got a new one. Good thing I have the name of the show ingrained in my head by now. So yeah, we have we have a new one coming for you in two weeks, so we got to get Liberty in there. Our friends at Liberty University. That's uh, right. They're on board officially. Well, so. so yeah. Yep. So um, we got to get you back in shape. That's it. I can't give you any more time <laughs> off. You get one more week, and that's it, my friend. We got to keep you uh, oh, rock and roll, well oiled. Oh, I'm still gonna be. I'm still gonna be out. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna be at the the Dollar Loan Center uh, Saturday and, and checking that out. And we'll be. No, uh, I mean on the podcast. Oh, on, on the, the podcast. podcast. On the Wednesday yeah. night podcast. Hey, you, whatever you want to do. You 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 want to give really, 
No, we, we're going to get you fine tuned again. We can't give you too much time off. All right, yeah, we, my see friend. What, we see what happens. We, we, we see what happens when that happens. I forget to unmute. I, I forget to lo- call into the thing. And yeah, so you got to keep me on my keep me keep me in shape. So we'll be back in two weeks with the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Next week, it is all NCAA stuff all week long. And uh, yep, good safe luck. travels to, to good Boston. Luck pioneers. And, and yeah, and good luck to the Pioneers. Well, I'm rooting for them just because I know we, we you focus so much on them here, and, and I hope that they do well. Of course, then mention this too, real quick. I know we got to go, but Michigan is who they play. And of course, there's a Vegas connection there because there's a, a very good player on, on Michigan that. Uh, Golden Knights, Brendan Brisson, so, who probably so I, will be a Golden Knight so after I'm, next weekend, or at least a Silver Knight for sure. <laughs> so, so that will be uh, exciting. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. But uh, good luck to Denver, and and uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, you have uh, yourself a good old time in, in Boston there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll see you tonight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. <laughs>